Red. Welcome to Our Weird World. I'm your host, John Henson, and yeah, nothing nothing real special to set up for this episode. Uh, just doing a little serial killer sampler. Three stories of some serial killers, because that's what people like. And I don't know why I said it like that. I'm not drunk. I promise. I've learned my lesson for at least 90-ish more episodes, all right? But this week, Looking at the stories of Cayetano Santos Godinho, Bella Kiss, and Manuel Delgado Viegas. So let's jump into it. Story time. Cayetano Santos Godinho was one of eight boys born to an abusive and alcoholic set of parents uh, in Buenos Aires, Brazil. Um, you know, look, I think it's pretty obvious that a serial killer story is going to start out like that almost 100% of the time. Like, rarely, rarely do you get a story where it's like, hey, Bobby was born and his parents loved him and they were great. Like, it's happened, but it's super rare, right? These are the sorts of things that lead to terrible people and to make it worse, uh, Godinho was born with syphilis after his father contracted it before he was conceived. So, man, two strikes on this kid real early on, all right? Um, and as a kid, as a little syphilitic kid, uh, Godinho killed cats, birds, and pretty much like any other living creature he could get his hands on. Um, he also enjoyed playing with fire, which to any sober parent, massive red flag. But to Godinho's parents, not a big deal. Like, as long as he was just out of the way, totally fine, right? Um, By the time he was eight years old, he had already beaten two neighborhood kids within an inch of their lives. Uh, But since he was just a child, he was never held in prison or a juvenile detention facility because uh, those didn't exist in Argentina at that point. And I think I said Buenos Aires, Brazil up at the start. And maybe some of you yelled at me for that. And I should know better. I'm big on geography. It is Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, I knew that. I don't know why I said Brazil. Anyway, um, at age 10, uh, things got exponentially worse uh, when his parents kind of walked in on him, uh, you know, uh, dating Miss Michigan, if, if you know what I'm talking about. A uh, little... Little, little five finger, little five knuckle shuffle there. Anyway, um, here's the thing though. Um, that was actually illegal in Argentina at that time. And Godino was actually sent to prison for that. You can beat the absolute hell out of someone. Totally fine. All right. We'll send you on your way. No assault charges, no battery charges, anything like that. We catch you just going to town on yourself disgusting you terrible person we're getting you off the streets you're going to prison why is that the line in argentina like i know and i'm going to get into this more because you'll see why um just the rules and the laws in south um, and latin america just don't make a lot of sense all right uh you know murderers yeah Maximum sentence of like 25 years. Chronic masturbator. 
or even first time offense, you know, you're going to jail for months and maybe more if you keep doing it. Like, I don't know. I, I think, and honestly, here's the thing. Him jerking his gherkin was probably keeping him off the streets and keeping him from beating up other kids. All right. Like that's how that works. That gives you that release, that anger. Like if you're angry and then you just wail on yourself for a little bit, you calm down, you calm down. There's scientific uh, studies on that. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) In 1912, because this is when this was taking place, the early 1900s, I did not mention that. Um, Godinho set fire to a warehouse in Buenos Aires, and like a normal arsonist, uh, like a, a normal arsonist would flee the scene, all right? He would light the fire, ooh, going up in flames, boner, running away now. But no, Godinho just stood there and admired his work while the fire department came and tried to uh, move out of, uh, you know, you know, and, and put the fire out and police smartly walked up to him and be like, Hey, uh, what are you doing? I like to see the firemen working. It's nice to see how they fall into the fire. Cause that's kind of probably how he sounded. All right. If you look at pictures of this guy, weird, weird looking guy. All right. He's tiny, right? He's got weird ears. He's got that face that kind of makes you think he talks like the water boy, right? So there's your image. Two months later, uh, apparently not really in trouble for setting uh, the warehouse on fire. Still cleared of all his jerking it charges. Uh, Two months later, he walked up to five-year-old Raina Vinikoff and set her dress on fire. Just walks up to a little kid and sets her on fire (laughs) and burned her alive. And then over the next eight months, does not go to prison for this. Then he tries and fails to murder three different children and sets fire to three other buildings in town. Um, He was arrested for one of those assaults, but Argentinian police set him free while they waited for his court date. And on December 3rd, 1912, while he's out, uh, Godinho approached 18 months old, 18 months, year and a half, Hesualdo Giordano and offered him some candy in exchange for going with him to a nearby country house. Now, so many questions, so many questions. Who is just this unattended toddler just walking around in public, taking candy from strangers? Classic move. Like, where are this kid's parents? All right. You let your toddler walk around town unattended. You deserve whatever happens. All right. That's bad parenting. Right. But this kid obviously goes with him. And as soon as they got inside this abandoned building, uh, Godinho threw this little boy to the ground, ripped off his belt and tried to choke him with it. Um, however, like at this point, like Godinho is just really bad at murder and he could not choke a baby to death. That's you have to be real bad at murder. If you try to murder a toddler and you can't do it, all right? Like, they can be annoying and feisty, but they're not great at fighting back. Like, you are much bigger than a toddler. Should be pretty easy to kill a toddler. This guy can't do it, all right? So, he then cut up the belt, and he tied the boy's hands together and his legs together and and tried to buy some time to figure out what to do next. Because he... 
he's very perplexed. All right. He, you'd think choking, a, choking a toddler should do the trick did not. And so now he's got to figure out what to do. And so he walks around and he finds a nail on the ground. And so then Godinho then returned and hammered this nail into the side of this boy's head, which actually did kill him much to Godinho's likely surprise. So he quickly leaves this house, leaving the boy's dead body behind. And then the boy's father, who was literally just a few yards away looking for his son, found the body a few minutes later. And because Godinho was a gigantic creep and one of the most hateable people ever to live, this dude, not only did he attend the wake, but he walks up to the casket and starts caressing the spot on the boy's head where he had driven the nail in. And everybody sees this happen. All right. Not real subtle, this guy. All right. Just, hello, little baby. Little baby boy. Look at your little head. It's nice and healed from where I put the nail in the head. Yes. Everybody sees this happen. And so he's arrested the next morning and just confesses to everything. Uh, A month later, he was sent to a reformatory where he immediately uh, tried to start killing his fellow inmates. And he was then declared insane for that and remained at the uh, reformatory for another two years before an appeal finally moved him to prison, where he thankfully died on November 15th, 1944. But what a weirdo, right? Huh. Anyway, uh, our next story is of Bella Kiss, who was born in Ishak. I guess it's Ishak. I don't know what ZS sound is. I think it's sh- like Ishak, uh, Austria-Hungary. Uh, around 1877, and he grew up to be a tinsmith, which, I mean, honestly, that sounds like the sort of worthless Eastern European job you'd find in the 1800s. Uh, Kiss was also an amateur astrologer and supplemented his income working as a fortune teller, because why not? Um, After his wife abandoned him, uh, (laughs) leaving him with the two kids, uh, Kiss began placing ads in the local newspaper offering his fortune telling and matchmaking services. So in 1912, Kiss ended up hiring a housekeeper named Mrs. Jacobek uh, to help out. And she noticed that Kiss would bring home several different women, but she wouldn't really interact with them that much. And she also noticed that over the next few years that Kiss began collecting these metal drums. All right. You guys know how serial killers do things. You can see where this is going. Um, the police got a little suspicious of the odd collection and asked Kiss about them. And he told them that he was filling them with gasoline to prepare for the inevitable rationing that was going to occur during the impending world war. I mean, yeah. And this is 1912, you know, getting closer to 1915 or so. So like world war one is going on. And so when that war began, uh, Kiss ended up being drafted and left Jockeybeck to, uh, take care of the house while he was gone. So in 1916, Budapest police were then called to Kiss's house after the landlord found seven drums. Um, and when he realized, like, oh, this is the all the gasoline that he was uh, hoarding, uh, he alerted soldiers to come and get, you know, resupplied and just use it for the war effort. But when the officers uh, opened the drum, they were expecting to find all the fuel, but instead they found a dead woman crammed in there uh the six other drums in the room revealed other strangled women which i mean i don't think that should come as a surprise to anybody 
And when the police searched the rest of the house, uh, they found a total of 24 bodies, right? Uh, Detective Chief Carly Nagy uh, called the Hungarian military to try to track Kiss down and have him arrested. Uh, Jakubek, the housekeeper, she was arrested on suspicion of being an accomplice, but she was like, I didn't have anything. I had nothing to do with this. Uh, And she even like cooperated fully, led investigators to a locked room that Kiss had instructed her never to enter, which is classic sign that something's going on. Uh, When police entered the room, they found a desk full of letters to 74 different women, uh, some of whom were actually conveniently waiting for police to find them in the drums. And there was a bookcase full of information on how to poison and strangle people the right way. Now, look, I'm all for freedoms, all right? I think uh, if you're, at least in modern times, Googling how to kill someone, you should probably get you probably get asked about it, right? Just ask, just like, hey, buddy, what's going on there? What you what you doing? You know, googling, you know, how to bury a body, how to how to hide a body. Eh, it's a little suspicious, little sus, as the kids are saying. Um, you know, I don't know, but uh, after studying the letters. Nagy concluded that Kiss had basically been conning these women with his matchmaking and fortune telling, duh. And all of these women were desperate, duh. And Nagy then made the connection that almost all of them were middle-aged and had no immediate relatives living in the area, making them perfect targets because no one was going to come looking for them. Kiss then also convinced most of those women to send him money and he convinced others to come over for a visit where obviously he then strangled them to death and started pickling their bodies in the metal drums. Uh, Upon closer inspection, these bodies were actually found with puncture marks in their necks and that their bodies had actually been drained of blood. Uh, At that point, police suspected that Kiss might actually be a real vampire and that is not a joke. Crazy times going on in World War. There's a giant World War happening, right? Maybe, why not throw vampires in there? Maybe the vampires are coming out because they don't like the war that's going on, you guys. I don't know. Um, But on October 4th, Nagy finally received word that Kiss was at a Serbian hospital being treated for an injury that he had sustained in a battle. But by the time Nagy arrived to arrest him, Kiss had actually placed a dead body in his bed and escaped, and no one ever found him. As far as they know, he probably ended up dying in the woods or in the war somewhere, but crazy. Like he was never apprehended and never, uh, went to trial for that. So, uh, killed 24 women. So good, good for him, I guess. That's a weird, weird way to say that. Uh, our last story here is of Manuel Delgado Villegas, who was born on January 25th, 1943 in Seville, Spain. Uh, his mother unfortunately died during his birth. So he and his sister were sent to live with their grandmother, Uh, And although he went to school and just did everything like every other kid in Spain, he never actually learned to read or write, which I don't understand how that works. Uh, But instead, he then began prostituting himself to anyone who felt the need to have sex with a teenage boy, which that's a fetish. I really don't understand because I was a teenage boy and I was gross. Like, and here's the thing. I feel like I was much more attractive then than I am now. I had hair. I was uh, 150 pounds lighter. Maybe not that much. 125. Uh, You know, you know, 
clean-shaven, you know, soft, supple face. I was still disgusting, all right? Was still figuring out how body odor and hygiene worked. Just a gross, weird, dorky kid. And to think that there are people out there, uh, like adults, I guess, who could look at someone like me at that age and be like, mm-hmm, that's what I need. That's weird. And that means your brain's broken somehow. All right. I know it's bad to kink shame or to uh, just assume that someone has a mental disorder. But that's I mean, that's pretty clear. All right. And if that's your kink, you should be shamed for that. All right. Get 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 less kinky. All right. Like just get choked or something. But don't don't try to have sex with teenage boys. All right. It's not a good look. But when Manuel turned 18, he enlisted in, that was a weird tangent. Now I gotta like, I, I always try to like come back into the story. Um, when he turned 18, he enlisted in the Spanish Legion where he learned hand-to-hand combat, including the golpe mortal, which is also known as the deadly blow, which was basically like this quick strike to the larynx with the edge of the hand. So basically it's like judo chop, but like the front of someone's neck, I think. Yeah. Because it like collapses their windpipe and then they die. Um, now, if you are unaware, all right, me giving you this detail is pretty important because this has never been a show about the finer point of martial arts. All right. So, golpe mortal, keep that in mind. Uh, after his discharge from the Legion, Manuel, Manuel uh, wandered along the Mediterranean coast where he was, you know, kind of resorted just begging on the streets picking fights with other prostitutes and homosexuals, which that's fun. Just a turf war. That's great. That's, that's what I like a turf war among gay prostitutes. That's gotta be entertaining. All right. I don't know what it would look like. Probably a lot of glitter, maybe tufts of body hair ripped out and falling on the street. I don't know. Um, a lot of lube, uh, But despite several arrests for, you know, just kind of being a vagrant, like he was never really sent to jail. Instead, uh, his weird behavior, like imagine a a gay prostitute drifter who dabbles in karate, uh, had him sent to mental institutions. But on January 21st, 1964, Manuel was out walking near uh, the beach in in a town near Barcelona when he saw a chef named Aldolfo Fulch Montaner uh, sleeping against the wall. Chefs, tough life. Um... Manuel thought it'd be a great idea to pick up a rock, walk over, and just bonk this guy over the head with it. And then when Manuel realized that he had actually just killed this guy with the rock, he then stole Fulch's wallet, uh, or Moutonier's wallet, and and his watch. And for the next seven years, this kind of just opened Pandora's box. He killed at random. Sometimes, uh, as in the case of Vinacio Carrasco, it came after someone said something that he did not like. Um, like, for example, if you want to give him a food, you need to work with it or work for it. You know, something like that, where it's like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you some food, but you gotta, you gotta, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> um, others like in the case of Ramon Saldrich, uh, were killed when uh, Manuel was not paid the previously agreed upon amount for sex. And thanks to the various methods 
that he killed with, which included like using blunt objects, strangling, or with the golpe mortal, along with his constant travel and his, you know, drifting around from city to city, law enforcement was really never able to connect him to all of the murders and disappearances. You know, they kind of just thought that like people were just dying in random spots by random people. Well, on January 18th, 1971, Manuel and his girlfriend, Antonia, what? Yeah, I know, right? Well, Antonia, who suffered from a mild mental illness, mild Down syndrome, I think is how they kind of classify it. Um, they were getting it on behind some bushes when Antonia asked Manuel to do something really dirty. And you you just let your imagination run free there. Uh, Manuel was disgusted by this request and refused. And then Antonia questioned Manuel's manhood by saying that he was not a real man and that other men had been happy to do it before. All right. So it's like, <laughs> this is where I get canceled, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's just like, <laughs> again, let your imagination run free. I'm not, uh, anyway, uh, you know, so like, you know, Manuel, Antonia, getting it on behind a bush, you know, Antonia, Manuel, I want you to tongue punch my fart box. What? That is disgusting. I will not do it. Oh, yeah? You're not a real man. Other men happen to tongue punch my fart box. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh man. If there's a hell, I'm going there. Oh God. Oh God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Here's the thing though. I'm still going to publish it. I'm still going to publish it. I don't know why I'm apologizing. It's still going to go out. I'm still going to do it. But like, here's the thing. I'm not making up character. I'm not like, that is what, that is what, that was a reality for someone. Now I'm in defending mode because that was a real situation that happened. Probably weren't those exact words because it was probably in a different language, but it happened. All right. Manuel karate master slash male prostitute getting it on with someone with a mental developmental disability. That is what happened. I am not making up this scenario for comedy. Real life gave us this scenario and now we're having fun with it. All right. So Manuel following that logic, all of it, uh, he then decided to strangle her with her own leggings and then he quickly hid the body, but returned to the spot for three straight days, and this is why, after police found him and, and asked him about this, Manuel kills this girl, all right, hides her in the bushes, and then goes back to that spot for three days in a row to continue having sex with her dead corpse because, quote, she was still my girlfriend. That's, eh. I mean, I think once someone's dead, they're not whatever they were to you anymore. They're dead, all right? Um... When Antonio was finally reported missing, police immediately questioned Manuel because, I mean, everybody knew, everybody knew, everybody in town knew about this homeless ninja and his derpy little girlfriend. Like, they knew it was probably him. And although he denied killing her at first, he quickly confessed when police actually just led him to the body. Um, he also confessed to four other murders and was named the primary suspect in several others that were never actually confirmed. Uh, while in custody... 
Uh, Manuel was actually diagnosed with XYY syndrome, which is a genetic defect in which a person is born with an extra Y chromosome. And although many at that time associated the condition with erratic and violent behavior, subsequent studies have actually shown that there is no link. So that's just a useless fact that I threw in there because I don't know how chromosomes work, but maybe you do. And you found that interesting. Um, Regardless, Manuel was committed to a mental mental institution for that condition where he eventually died in 1998. And that is the end of the stories. Oh, boy. Oh, man. All right. Uh, go ahead and send your hateful comments and your angry letters to my website, johnhensonwrites.com. There's a contact button. Just go ahead and do that. Uh, and let's see what we learned today. What did we learn? Number one, I'm, I'm a very terrible person. But we already knew that. Um, I created characters out of two people today. We had two characters on the show. Um, you know, you have Elio Cartano Godino, or it is some high quality H2O, and then murder little boys with it. And I stroke the head. That's creepy. That's real creepy. Um, and then I'm not, I'm not going to do it again. All right. You can, if you want to hear it again, you can just rewind it, but you know, you know the other one. All right. Uh, number two. Uh, Bella Kiss never found him. Never found him. Um, crazy. Murdered twenty four people and then just disappears off into the woods in the middle of World War One. And then number three, um, you can you can kill someone by just karate chopping their throat at the right speed and angle, and that's pretty scary. But also, I don't know, have it in your back pocket for when you need it. <laughs> Next week on Our Weird World, we are going back to some war stories and we're trying to talk about some strange and weird stories from various wars uh, throughout history. We are going to look at the Battle of Nishapur. We're going to look at the story of Khan Janabag, and then we are going to look at the Great Wyndham Frog Fight. So um, all over the board there, uh, three strange stories, and you will learn about them next week. As always, thank you for listening. If I mean, if you don't come back next week, I get it. Um, but keep telling all your friends, maybe, if they're into this sort of thing. And uh, keep it weird. 